Hello. Hello, everybody. My name's Corey. This is a podcast. I'm going to be talking about all kinds of stuff today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that you download the podcast every week and take the time to listen to me ramble on and on and on. But before you invest your time into listening to the rest of this podcast, let me tell you right now, right off the bat, that I'm feeling very, very sleepy today, and that's due to the fact that I uh, pretty much only got about three to three and a half hours of sleep last night. Um, and I, I gotta blame this on Steven from JAFMP. Uh, he had me up late. Him and Root Rot. Bad influence on me. They had me up late last night. Uh, we were doing a podcast, actually, for JAFMP. Uh, all about zombies. And it was a lot of fun. It was great. But, uh, yeah, we were up pretty late. And uh, Corey is feeling a bit tired. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that means the rest of the podcast will suck. I'm warning you now so that, uh, you know, in case you do have more important things to do or have better podcasts to listen to, you can kind of switch over to those things at this point because this whole episode might be a wash. But uh, I'm, I'm putting one out every week. And unless circumstances are very crazy or dire or some sort of catastrophe has happened... I'm going to put out a show every week, and uh, yeah, so I'm still going to do it. That is how committed I am to you. <laughs> oh, sometimes I feel like I should be committed. But anyhow, anyhow, I digress. Uh, this podcast is the official podcast of the Italian Zombie Movie. Go check it out, italianzombiemovie.com. Very, very fun. Uh, my podcast, or uh, yeah, my podcast, which you're listening to now, is uh, from my website, midnightcory.com. Um, yeah, yeah. So what do I got for you this week? Well, uh, first of all, news on my movie. Uh, I finished shooting. All the shots have been shot. Uh, of, of course, now that I say that, there was one more shot I was thinking of yesterday that I may try to get, but uh, it's no big deal. I want to do some editing first. I have to do some compositing. Uh, since I'm the only guy in the movie, uh, I have to do some effects and a little bit of trickery. A lot of rotoscoping. If you know what rotoscoping is, it's basically you go through frame by frame and you're you're most likely cutting something out and putting it into another frame. And for different reasons, I have to rotoscope a lot of things in here. Uh, partly out of neglect. I've made some mistakes. Um, yeah, but uh, the only option I have right now is to correct things digitally, which I'm doing. And uh, hopefully you won't be able to, to see what those things are, that I'll blend it in well enough with the real footage, that everything's cool. So, yeah, that's my goal. So, doing a lot of editing, a lot of uh, boring stuff, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll try to post another video update. Actually, <laughs> I recorded a, a, a video update again this week, and I started editing it together, and it just sucked. It looked like literally... I, I think it was the lighting that I had, you know, because every time I put up a video, I have to make sure that I absolutely look 100% great. <laughs> And the light, I just looked, I literally, it, it looked like like bathroom lighting. You know, bathroom lighting is the worst lighting in the world. It's, it's so harsh, and it's unforgiving, 
and uh, you always have all kinds of weird shadows on your face, and you always look tired in the bathroom mirror. Well, that's what this lighting did to me. So I'm like editing the thing together to give a little update, and I kind of like the shot that I had. But uh, unfortunately, it sucked. I looked terrible, and actually, I just rambled. I didn't know what I was talking about. I never know what I'm talking about. So you don't get a video update this week. I'm, I'm trashing that one, or I'm just leaving it. Maybe, maybe if I release a DVD of this movie that I'm making, maybe that'll be like one of the extras. And, uh, you know, we can all laugh at how terrible I look and sound. <laughs> oh, but anyhow, yeah, so that's moving forward. Every day I'm spending hours in front of the computer doing stuff. So no fears, no fears. It's getting done. Um, okay, I'm going to be talking about a couple movies this week. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1956. And I told you that I may try to watch the remakes. And it turns out I had no time for remakes this week. Nope, nope, nope. In 1978, they remade it. And uh, then again, later on, uh, in the 90s or something, they, they made another one just called Body Snatcher. Uh, I haven't watched either of those. They are both on my Netflix queue, so uh, I will be watching those in the future and uh, letting you know how they stack up uh, in light of the original. But this is from 1956, so I'll be reviewing that a little bit later on as well as my Netflix Instant Watch recommendation. What will it be? What will it be? Well, my hint to you, until you actually go and listen to the segment itself, is that uh, this is a film that's been mentioned on, on the show before and uh, recommended, asked about on the show. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, got some voicemails, got some original music, as always, and, uh, boy, I bet you I can't wait to hear what song I come up with this week. Yeah, oh, boy, that's exciting. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! Hi, <laughs> I'm something. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Can I take it? Lady Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Sane and rational. No one believes the truth. Or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about child's play. Uh, you know what? Day by day, I am loving Netflix more and more. It seems like they're adding an awful lot of movies to their instant watch. 
and it's such a great service, such a great service. Netflix does not endorse me. I don't, uh, or I don't endorse Netflix, however it works. They don't pay me anything. I wish they did. I wish somebody from Netflix would call me up and say, Corey, we want to give you like a million dollars. Uh, because, you know, your your wildly successful podcast has been plugging Netflix for a while, and, uh, you know, we'd like to uh, uh, pay you for that and uh, make you rich and, uh, and, and famous beyond your wildest dreams. And I'd be like, thank you, Netflix, thank you. That is what I strive for, podcasting, so... <laughs> Oh, anyhow, anyhow, uh, I watched a couple things on Netflix this week, but uh, the recommendation that I have for you is kind of in response to a question that was asked of me here, I don't know, a few weeks back, uh, when I reviewed uh, the uh, Demonic Toys, and somebody asked me, well, you know, how does that stack up to your more iconic, classic kind of uh, toy possession, doll possession movies such as Child's Play or The Puppet Master. Well, I'm going to tell you about Child's Play, 1988. Uh, this is one I haven't seen in, in many, many years, so I barely even remembered anything about the original. Um, and I, I just haven't been really, really terribly interested in the Child's Play franchise, the series, because uh, they keep releasing sequels, and I know now it's very tongue-in-cheek. They started using a lot of humor, and uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't something that really, really interested me or got me excited. So, you know, Child's Play was just kind of whatever. But uh, watching this again on Netflix, I remembered how wonderful a movie that the first one is and how much I loved it, even though I remembered very little about it. Um, so this was 1988, directed by Tom Holland, written by Don Mancini, and uh, this is a great, great-looking film. This is your 80s horror right here. This is this is one of the movies that kind of defined 80s horror and uh, was just out during that golden period of the 80s where we had a lot of great horror. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for 80s stuff. And, uh, yeah, this is a great movie. Now, what happens? we got a little kid who uh, really wants... This doll, it's the newest, coolest doll that all the TV commercials are saying, oh, all the kids got to have this. And it's called the good guy doll. Uh, so, you know, he, he really wants it. His mom has to make some sacrifices to get one. It ends up <laughs> that they're really expensive. And I guess they modeled these dolls after, like, Cabbage Patch Kids, you know. If, if you remember, if you grew up during that point in time where the Cabbage Patch Kids came out, they were just hyped beyond all <laughs> rationality. And every kid had to have one, and they were ridiculously expensive. And, uh, you know, if your parents were, were struggling or, you know, you were basically didn't have a lot of extra money, then uh, you probably didn't get a Cabbage Patch Kid or, uh, you know, they had to work a few extra hours overtime to, to get you, you know, the Cabbage Patch Kid that everyone was telling you you had to have. So that's, I guess, what they, they based this off of. Uh, in the movie, this good guy doll was pretty expensive, and it's a single mother that uh, we're working with here. I guess the father passed away years ago, and the little kid really wants this for his birthday. She ends up getting one, but only because <laughs> she can get it on sale from the homeless guy in the alley behind the store where she works. So, kid's really excited, hey, got this doll. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the origins of the doll before we go any further. This happens to be the doll 
that uh, was given possession of the soul of a serial killer at the beginning of the movie. So at the beginning of the movie, cop is chasing around this serial killer, got him trapped in this toy store or something. The bad guy gets shot, and right before he dies, he performs some sort of voodoo curse, voodoo ritual thing that transfers his soul into kind of, I guess, the nearest toy, which is this good guy doll. Well, the place ends up burning down, and this good guy doll is the only thing that came out of the fire untouched. Ends up in the ha- in the hands of the homeless guy. Homeless guy sells it to some lady, and this lady gives it to her son. So her son has this doll. Everything's going fine, um, at least for a little bit. And uh, the doll begins to talk to the little kid. Uh, the doll introduces himself as Chucky, and uh, at first we don't quite know if this is just the kid uh, imagining things, or is the doll really doing stuff? And the doll ends up killing the babysitter. <laughs> and it's a great scene. There, There is a certain, the way they do it using POV shots and not directly showing Chucky right off the bat, you're thinking at the beginning of the movie that this could possibly be the kid who is killing. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 they give it up fairly uh, quickly. Uh, but that first kill, it's a hammer right to the skull. And then she falls out of <laughs> the window onto the street. As we go through the movie now, they start suspecting that this little kid is actually causing all these, you know, thing, more things happen. And uh, they suspect the kid of it, and they take the kid to a, a mental hospital and everything. But eventually Chucky shows his true colors, comes to life. Uh, here he's just trying to get revenge. Uh, like, he, he goes to the voodoo guy and kills him, but the voodoo guy actually tells him that uh, he's going to be trapped in the body of this doll unless he kind of transfers his soul to a living person, and that the only person he can transfer his soul to is the first person that he revealed himself to as being alive. So the doll Chucky, the first person that found out that Chucky was actually alive was the little boy. So he's got to transfer his soul into the little boy. And I'm going into a lot of detail here, but uh, it's kind of a, a crazy movie. And I'm doing this for a reason, just to show kind of similarities in other movies. So at the end, uh, we have the big showdown between Chucky and the little boy and the mom and everything. And uh, we have the big showdown between Chucky. And, and we have the classic kind of uh, 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 slasher killer death where it takes forever to kill them, no matter what you do. And you mutilate them, and you burn them, and you shoot them, and it takes forever forever for them to die. And the only way that you can kill Chucky is a shot through the heart. And um, they, they like chop his head off, they burn him and everything, but he's still coming. And eventually, right at the end, they, they get him through the heart, and supposedly he dies. So, yeah, that's the end of the movie. I haven't seen any of the sequels at all. Like I said, I, I just haven't had the desire to. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is a really, really good movie. And I'm so glad that it was brought kind of to my attention again where I was thinking about it and uh, that I took the time to watch it. Uh, so, yeah, this is on Netflix Instant Watch. Recommend that you go see it. Uh, everything holds up. It's not terribly gory, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty scary. It really is. And uh, it's a great piece of 80s horror. Now, um, to answer the question now of how does this compare to Demonic Toys, um, I can see that Demonic Toys borrowed a lot from this. Demonic Toys, I think, came a few years after this. I don't remember the, the year for that now. But uh, there, were, there were similarities. So it's almost like, you know, Child's Play is one of your original iconic 
uh, doll possession movies, evil toy movies that I think really uh, inspired other movies and uh, people, of course, borrowed elements from it. So, yeah. So the rating that I'm going to give Child's Play is an 8 out of 10. Really, really cool. A great movie for around Halloween. And uh, yeah, yeah. Go watch it on Netflix Instant Watch. Corey, what's up? This is Alan um, calling in all, with my review of uh, Theater Downtown's version of Night of the Living Dead. Uh, they did a stage play. It was directed by a guy named Billy Ray Bruton. Uh, I, the play was thought it was very well done. Uh, <clears throat> it was very interesting how they did it. They uh, for certain scenes. They showed uh, film clips from the movie as well as things they had filmed with their own actors and actresses. Uh, when Barbara and Johnny arrive at the cemetery, they show the car from the original opening from the movie with the car going up the road and things like that. Then they show they have Barbara and Johnny do their talk, and uh, the cemetery zombie attacks, and Johnny's knocked out. Then they fade to black and they show a clip of uh, their actress playing Barbara running to the farmhouse. And then it goes back into the scene. Uh, the, the stage is set up. It was uh, the living room of the farmhouse. Then off to the side they had a door that they would look in and out of. And uh, off to the other side they had a the cellar, which was just a sheet covering some people and they could go in and out with a door <clears throat> anyway the stage is very interesting uh the actor that played ben did a very good job the uh overall effect and i've seen the movie many times and at the end when all the zombies come into the house something about it they did it so well it actually ended up being very unsettling uh, Overall, I thought it was very well done. I give it a 9 out of 10. <clears throat> and the only reason it isn't a 10 out of 10 is because they advertised that it would be great gouts of blood squirting into the audience, etc. And uh, there wasn't that much blood. Overall, minor quibble. Great. Definitely worth 17 bucks. And any listeners that live in Alabama or around it, you should definitely check it out. It's uh, at Theater Downtown, and uh, you can find that online. Uh, thanks, man. Have a good one. Hey, Corey, this is Alan. Uh, totally spaced on something in the review. The play was done just about verbatim of the film. The director added a little bit. There was really nothing taken away. He added some stuff, but it was... Uh, you know, if you'd seen the movie, you've seen the play, but it's still very cool to see it done live. Uh, and that's about it, man. And that is it. Uh, have a good one, dude. Bye.
Alan, thank you for taking the time to tell us all about that uh, that Night of Living Dead stage production. I, I was curious about that. And uh, actually, you know, hearing a bunch of reviews, you know, this is done in a lot of different places. And now hearing a lot of reviews about the way people have interpreted Night of Living Dead for the stage, um, it's being done incredibly effectively. So I'm definitely going to try to catch it if I'm in an area somewhere where it's being put on. But uh, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, 9 out of 10, that's that's a great rating. And dude, once again, I, I appreciate that you take the time to do that and that you called it in. Alan, thank you. You're the man. I hope to hear from you again very soon. But will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late! Listen to me. Please listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand... And the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! No, no, you've got to get out of here, please! They come from another world, spawned in the light years of space, unleashed to take over the bodies and souls of the people of our planet bringing a new dimension in terror to the giant super-scope screen. It's whatever intelligence or instinct it is that can govern the forming of human flesh and blood out of thin air is fantastically powerful, beyond any comprehension. A cursed, dreadful, malevolent thing was happening to those he loved. This isn't just an ordinary body, is it? I never saw one like it. It looks... Unused. The sensational star discovery of the view from Poppy's head. And now an undreamed of horror makes her life and love a vortex of fear. Jack! Mm. Oh. Miles, where do they come from? I don't know. Suddenly, while you're asleep, they'll absorb your minds, your memories. I don't want any part of it. You're forgetting something, Miles. What's that? You have no choice. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spreads. As the unimaginable becomes real, the impossible becomes true. Stop and listen! Stop and listen to me! Listen! Listen! Listen to me! They're not human! Now we find ourselves at this point in the middle of the 1950s. I've been going through talking about all the zombie movies that I can find since the dawn of cinema. And uh, right now we're in the atomic age, space age, all kinds of crazy science going on, all kinds of paranoia and reservations about the advances in technology and science and, and uh, our humanity. And a lot of movies were exploring this. A lot of movies. A lot of movies. Uh, Sci-fi was huge at this point, which uh, most of you know. So, in 1956, we get Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And uh, this might be questionable to some people as far as, that you know, is that a, really a zombie movie? And I'll, I'll address that here later on. Now, this movie had a decent budget. Uh, this is a big studio production directed by Don Siegel. And as I was watching this, this is another one of those movies that I haven't seen in a long time. I watched it when I was a little kid, 
And uh, I think I was scared of it. And so, I don't know. And I haven't seen it since. And I needed to watch it again. And I'm so glad I did. And uh, actually, I was saddened. And let me explain why I was saddened. Because I'm checking it out. And I'm watching the movie. And I'm like, I recognize that guy. The guy that's playing the lead role. And so I'm like, who is that? And then I, I, get a, I get a thought. And I'm like, that couldn't be that guy. And so I look it up on IMDb and find out what the guy's name is. Well, here, the leading role is played by Kevin McCarthy. Now, uh, I know Kevin McCarthy best for movies such as uh, UHF with Weird Al Yankovic or uh, uh, Twilight Zone the movie or The Midnight Hour, um, uh, The Howling. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is a great, great actor, <laughs> and uh, especially in like UHF and The Midnight Hour, where he plays this angry, angry old guy, and uh, he is just one of my favorite actors. I've grown to really like the guy, and I was saddened whenever I was reading up on him, and he just died earlier this year. I think it's only like last month. Uh, he died from pneumonia, and he was like 96 years old, and he looked great, and uh, he was apparently a really great guy. I'm like, oh, man, I, I didn't even know that he'd passed away. So, yeah, I was very saddened. But I was very happy to finally see this guy in a young role. And I guess Invasion of the Body Snatchers here was the role that really kind of launched his career, that brought him into the forefront, that uh, made people uh, kind of take notice of him and his acting abilities. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was really, really cool. So, what we got here, the whole movie is pretty much told within a flashback. You know, we see this crazy guy in a mental hospital at the beginning of the movie. He's ranting and raving about, you know, something. These, the, the, you know, the aliens are taking over people, and you gotta believe me, you gotta believe me. And they bring in a psychiatrist to talk to him, and he relates his story of exactly what happened. And we have a town. I have a, a nice mid-50s town, and uh, I just love this period of time, you know? It, so much of what you see, there was such such a leave-it-to-beaver kind of innocence about everything, and yeah, 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 I, I just love it. And that's what you see here. But little by little, you know, people start showing up and, and saying, hey, you know, uh, my sister over here, there's something different about her. It's like she's not her. She's like emotionless. And uh, the, the lead man in this movie, played by Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, is a doctor in the town. And he starts seeing people you know, who say, hey, you know, I know this guy and he's just not himself. Something's going on. And more and more people start to start to say this and just weird things are happening. And he ends up going to this guy's place and, and uh, they find this weird dead body. Like it just showed up. And the body, the face is blank. It's almost like it's... It's kind of like a, a, a mold that they're going to put the detail on here. Uh, and it's just like blank. It has no fingerprints yet. It's just kind of the, the blank mold for a, a human body. And they can't figure it out. And then the next day, the body actually starts looking like one of, the, one of the other guys. So it's really weird. Things are happening. And eventually, they go into the one guy's greenhouse. And they find these pods, these giant... Like, friggin', you know, six-foot-long, gooey pods, alien pods, that are growing these bodies. And what's happening is, these are aliens that are sent down, and uh, they grow into the likeness of existing human beings. And when those human beings fall asleep, 
then their doubles kind of steal their personality and everything. And it's it's really crazy. So it's all about sleep, don't fall asleep, and things like that. So we have Kevin McCarthy and uh, the love interest of the movie basically running, trying to escape from an ever-growing army of these soulless creatures that look like the original people, but uh, don't act like them at all. They're devoid of emotion. They hold all their memories and everything like that, but they just, they got nothing left. And uh, so that's what we're working with here. And that's why, you know, you can pose the question, are these really zombies? It's more like an alien takeover kind of thing. But, you know, in a, I think in a very loose sense, the, the invasion of the body snatchers can be classified as a zombie movie because you have this element of uh, people who look like your loved ones. They look like your friends. But they're not really. They are something completely different. They're sort of mindless. Uh, Well, not really. They can still think in this movie, but uh, they seem to have kind of like a one purpose. And so that's very zombie-like. They're just copies, soulless copies of the real us without emotion. And uh, really, I mean, it's kind of fascinating here what we are seeing and why this definitely fits into the zombie genre and definitely into zombie history is that, uh, you know, we're seeing the beginning of the modern zombie theme kind of sprouting here. Because what we have in Invasion of the Body Snatchers is more of a widespread apocalypse, uh, where more and more people are turning, the town has taken over, there are a lot of them, and uh, things are organized, things are set up, and it's, uh, it's down to just the two still human people running from all of this so yeah it's very it's like kind of the world is is coming to swallow you up and you just you you have to run and hide from it and that's themes that we see coming up you know not until 12 years after this in night of the living dead and all throughout the modern zombie stories that we see there most of the time it's this theme of the whole world is going this way everyone's being turned and pretty soon there's going to be nothing left So this is a great movie on a technical level. It was done great. The acting was wonderful. Kevin McCarthy did a wonderful job. All the supporting actors and actresses were also great. Uh, The the quality of the film, the cinematography, everything was wonderful. It actually told a very compelling story, and uh, it was entertaining. I liked the pods. I liked everything like that. But uh, also, there's more to it. It's a little bit deeper, you know, the commentary, and I kind of hinted at it up until now as I was kind of going through this, but there's some underlying commentary, and it basically all stems from the space age that we're, we're seeing, the atomic age, and the kind of growing paranoia here. But this movie is all about losing our humanity, and how can we retain our humanity Whenever there's all these advances in uh, technology and in science, and pretty soon all this new technology is going to take everything over. And uh, in the end, you know, are we still going to be human? And people back then really had this fear about losing our humanity, losing our emotional capabilities, uh, and uh, basically turning ourselves into a society of automatons, uh, just no emotion, no feeling. Uh, in this movie, the aliens are promising a society without worry, without grief, without anything like that, without anything negative, a, a, an apparent utopia. But uh, the people that are still alive are terrified at this. They're like, we have to have emotion. We have to have problems in life 
in order to maintain a balance, in order to be human. And uh, so that that's the fight. But uh, yeah, this movie is in complete uh, reaction to all the, the quickly changing things going on in the world around them. So, fantastic movie. Uh, this is one of the bright spots. But like I said, a lot of people don't consider this to be a zombie movie. So, it, it, you know, it, it's hard to uh, to give this a fair uh, place. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm tempted right now to say, well, this is the best zombie movie to come out of the 50s so far. Well, is it really a zombie movie? Are there other movies that deserve that just because they are more zombie movies? than this, not necessarily better movies in and of themselves. I, I I don't know. But so far, I'm considering Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956 the uh, the best zombie movie that I've seen out of the 50s so far. Um, and can I count Plan 9 as part of this thing? Like, <laughs> Or is that kind of in a league of its own? I think, yeah, you can't compare Plan 9 with anything else. But uh, yeah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1956, I give it a 7 out of 10. It is definitely worth a watch. Uh, this one, uh, the the 56 version, the original, is not available on Netflix Instant Watch. Only the remakes are. Uh, you can get the DVD through Netflix, certainly, and you can find this on DVD elsewhere in stores and whatnot. But uh, I recommend that you see it. This is a, a great, great film. And uh, yeah, looking ahead now, I'm definitely going to be watching uh, the remakes uh, they're, I think they're both seen in a positive light, so people seem to enjoy those. So I'm looking forward to that, but uh, it's always the original that uh, is usually the best.
going on. It's Root Rot. Uh, I just called to say hi. Uh, I just want to let you know that I have been enjoying your podcast, the last couple especially. I want to say it was really good hanging out with you down there at Cinema Wasteland. Had a good time. Enjoyed it a lot. We'll do it again soon. Everything's good. Take care. And I love you. Oh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, that my love for Root Rot knows no bounds. No bounds whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Root Rot, great guy. The reason I'm podcasting. And uh, yeah, yeah. I I was up late talking to him last night, so he's also the reason I'm tired today. (laughs) He's half the reason. Steven's the other reason. (sighs) No, I would stay up and talk with those guys all night. Especially Root Rot. Uh, he's podcasting again, which is great. Does the witch's hat. Uh, man, man, just... Uh, I'm so happy that he's podcasting again, because it's, it, you know, he's exactly right. You know, whenever I was uh, taking over that other podcast from him and, and things, he was just like, man, podcasting is like an addiction. It's like you start it, and it's like then you get to a point where you want to stop. And you want to stop, but you just can't bring yourself to do it. Because you're addicted to it, you're you're actually you know you get pleasure from podcasting. It's really weird, really weird, but uh, yeah, yeah. So fantastic guy, um, and it's flattering that uh, he's actually listening to what I have to say. It's flattering that anybody does. <laughs> no root rot. I have links up to the witch's hat and everything on my website. So go check him out. He's doing video stuff too. Man, a lot of great stuff. Stuff with Misfit Boy. And uh, McPierce, and uh, wow, wow, just just great stuff. But uh, I appreciate that you took the time to call the voicemail of Death Root Rot, and uh, you know that I love you too. Idiots! You lame brains! You're gonna die up here. You're gonna die. This original song uh, this week is one that I've had sitting around for a long time. Uh, This went back, this is one of the first songs that I wrote on my very first acoustic guitar, which was a Yamaha. Um, That that guitar, let me tell you the story of that guitar, because it it, it met a demise that's kind of comical. So there I was. I was in an apartment uh, here a couple apartments ago, sitting in my apartment the one night. And I was in an office chair, and I was in the kind of office chair that had great bearings in it. So uh, you could spin around in this chair for friggin' ever. And uh, whenever you know my computer was doing something or I was just waiting for something, I would see how many times that I could spin around. You know, you play the office chair spin around game. Everybody does it. So there I am, and I was spinning around the one day, and it just so happened that I had this guitar uh, sitting up against the wall, not far from where I was sitting. So in the chair, spinning around, and I, I went around a good number of times. Well, I got up immediately after that, which was a problem. Uh, I should have sat there and kind of, you know, regained my, my control, but no, decided to stand up. And I promptly fell into the guitar and literally snapped it in half. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was just like a, it wasn't a very expensive guitar. It was a Yamaha. So it just snapped and then it's like, well, that guitar is completely done. So, <laughs> but no, that was like my first guitar. And uh, yeah, so had to go out and get another one. But uh, anyhow, 
<laughs> I originally wrote this song this week on that guitar. Um, and I recorded it at one point. I, I had actually different words to it. And uh, I don't know. I recorded the music for it now back in March. So actually the, the music that you're hearing behind this was recorded last March. Um, because I was trying to come up with something and I've just never been completely happy with the vocal part and the words like that. So I tried changing it up this time and I changed the chorus and I, I changed, uh, I actually added another verse and, and things like that. So, uh, this, this song was just fun. Uh, I do have to tell you, this is another song in my series of songs about Zombie 2. And this would be probably the first or second one. Um, I'm thinking this is my first one because this song is called The Boat Can Leave Now. And it's all about the very first line in Zombie 2, which is The Boat Can Leave Now, Tell the Crew. Uh, so, uh, I, but I don't remember if, you know, writing-wise I actually wrote this before the next song, which is uh, called The Captain. But, uh, yeah. So, anyhow, I've never played this with anybody else. I never performed this in any of my bands because up until now it was an uncompleted song. And uh, maybe it still is. I don't know. It's a song still in the works. But uh, yeah, I, I threw it together here for you this week, and I had a lot of fun listening to it. So here it is. The song is from Zombie 2, or it's inspired by Zombie 2, but it's all mine. It's called The Boat Can Leave Now.
tell the crew. Oh, that's the end of the podcast, and I know this is a shorter episode, and I apologize. I've explained my reasoning. Well, first of all, I just, I I didn't watch a lot. You know, I only watched the two movies, and, you know, it was kind of like, whatever. And uh, I had other things going on. I'm really engulfed in my movie. I really want to get this done. I don't want to lose momentum, so I've been spending most of my energy on that, because there's a lot of work yet to be done with it. And uh, so, yes, the podcast is suffering. I am sorry. I am sorry. I hope my sponsors don't start abandoning me. Ah, oh, because I want that cash. Oh, yeah. So, anyhow, next week, um, I haven't even looked at what I'm doing next week. Let's uh, let's pull up my, my list here of, of zombie movies that we're going for and uh, see what we got next. Let's do... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here... You know, I might watch the 1978 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I also want to give you something new, something something else. So let's move on to uh, Teenage Zombies from 1957. Yeah, let's see if we can figure out something to say about that one. Uh, yeah, another movie actually from 57 that I would love to talk about and I would love to see and that I've read a lot about. Um, it's called Zombies of Moratau. It's, uh, like I said, 1957. It's kind of a voodoo zombie thing. Uh, I believe it's, uh, about, uh, zombies in the Caribbean again. But, uh, I cannot find this movie anywhere. So we might have to skip over the Zombies of Moratau. It's, I don't know, I've read mixed things about it. I don't even know. But, uh, I definitely know I have Teenage Zombies. Uh, yeah. That's a quality one. That's a quality one. That's what we'll be watching as far as a lot of other things, I'll be watching more on Netflix uh, next, uh, next week. I can't even talk. I need a nap. Or else, uh, you know, I'm on my, you know, I'm just finishing up my first pot of coffee. I'm put on another, I guess. But, uh, yeah, yeah. What was I talking about? Oh, next week. It's going to be the Halloween episode. I mean, holy cow, Halloween has just crept right up on us. Um, it's actually a week from Sunday when Halloween actually happens. So, uh, yeah, yeah, next podcast is the Halloween podcast. Oh, boy. Am I going to do something special for it? I don't know. Maybe. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how busy I am. (laughs) But anyhow, that's it. Um, The voicemail line is 814-806-2828. I would love it if you'd leave me a message. You know, I'm I'm an attention whore. You know, I need your constant uh, encouragement and, and good words. Don't say anything negative to me. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. So tired. Um, yeah, what? Uh, midnightcory.com is a website. Go there. Read it. Yeah, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Um, I- I'm completely rambling here. I don't even know what to say. I don't know. Goodbye. <laughs>